Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. Anachronismo. I'm, I'm Max. Jackie. <laughs> well, I'm Max. <laughs> and I'm Jackie. <laughs> and I'm Noel. Should we do that for the whole thing? Yeah, Just... we should absolutely, the whole time, yeah. have one of us pretend to be Noel. Because the real Noel is only here in spirit. He's on vacation this week. So it's just me and Jackie and Noel's spirit and a cat mm-hmm. recording today. <laughs> So my story this week is about Bass Reeves, the legendary lawman of the Wild West. And my story is about Catherine Ferrers, uh, an English gentlewoman and highwaywoman uh, in the late, well, middle 1600s. Was it the West? No, it was in England. No, the West part of England. Oh, no. It was Hertfordshire. Where's that? And I will interrupt as Noel. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. (laughs) No, it's it's central England. Central England. Central England. Honestly, yeah, southeastern central. It's a landlocked county just north of London. Okay. Sorry. The part of the West that my story takes place in is actually like the middle of America. So so so, so it's also so, central. So, same okay, place. Okay. Okay. So same they, place. Same place. Central England. Central America. Same place. <laughs> no difference. Nope, not to be confused with Central America. Oh, but before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you to everyone who came out to the live show. Um, we had a really fun time, and I'm not sure the order of the shows. No, live show already came out. The live show came out uh, two weeks ago now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for well, everyone who came. not two weeks today. Two weeks ago when this episode comes out. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you to everyone who came and everyone who listened to the live show and is now listening to this episode. Hi. It's almost like you're coming to a live show and then coming to see us non-live. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, thanks to everyone who, yeah, thanks to the two people who knew about the live show who came out, and then the, like, 30 people who were down for it who did not know who we were. Yeah, they seemed <laughs> into it. Yeah, yeah, they laughed. They had fun. Yeah, and yeah. for everyone also excited about the, C- the Great Seattle Fire, don't worry. In a future episode, I'll be talking about the regrading project, because <laughs> I was intrigued. We'll have more time for regrading later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also excited for next week's episode. Although, I don't think... Is it my turn to do uh, a, a story next on the next episode with Amancio? I don't know. Well, we have Amancio Lopes coming in for our next episode, and I don't think it's my turn to do a story, but I really want to, because I found a story about nuking the moon. Yes, you can go next week. Thank you. <laughs> So I guess I'll jump into it. Nuking the moon? Wow, Max, that's destructive. (laughs) How would werewolves transform? Think of the tides. (laughs) What about when a moon hits your eye? That's a moray, Max. Now they're just pizza rolls. Yeah, pizza pie doesn't have the same feel to it without the moon hitting your eye like it. Thanks, Noel. (laughs) So yeah, please take us away. So, Bass Reeves. I actually had two two titles for mm-hmm. this for this one mm-hmm. or synopsises synopsi synopsis synopsises synopsis 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 yep mm-hmm. <laughs> where the two touch <laughs> well, it's actually the gap between them oh well, the synapses right and where the ions go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where your various neurotransmitters go yeah. and then get taken up or in your joints it's where like the gooey bits are yes <laughs> 
the gooey bits. You can tell I I majored in biology. Mm, yes, yes, you the gooey bits, Jackie. Yep. <laughs> uh, that can mean anything. The in between fluid. <laughs> anyway my two titles were the legendary lawman of the wild wild west or the first black u.s deputy marshal in the west Ooh, both pretty fun Mm -hmm. and i also just thought of a third one inspiration for the lone ranger did he shoot silver bullets out of his gun no 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 (laughs) did he wear a mask he sometimes wore disguises. I'll take it. Did he dress all in white? I don't think so. Did the Lone Ranger do that? I think so. He so, was always the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Through his exploits and... Um, through his exploits and um, sheer productivity. Bass Reeves was born in 1838, somewhere mm-hmm. in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He was born enslaved. By state legislator William Steele Reeves. He eventually served in the Civil War under William Steele Reeves' son, Colonel George R. Reeves. And during the Civil War, that's actually when he got out of slavery. And there's two there's two kind of prevailing theories. One is that the war just provided him with opportunity and inspiration to leave. And the other one, which I kind of like because it's funnier, is that he and Colonel George R. Reeves... And a bunch of other men were playing a game of cards. It went south. Bass beat up George R. Reeves and then ran and escaped that way. And he ran to the Indian territories. Um, and that the Indian territories at the time were only under federal government jurisdiction because the laws only applied to the Native Americans who lived there. In like some wacky <laughs> turn of events, only federal law applied to people who weren't Native Americans. So it was literally, it really was lawless because there weren't too many federal police officers, especially during the Civil the War, War in, all tied up. in Indian yeah. Territory. Yeah. So he fled over there and he lived among the Cherokee, the Seminole, and the Creek Indians. And there he learned their languages and um, some of their customs and things. So then in 1863, the 13th Amendment freed the slaves. And since he was no longer at risk of being captured and brought back into slavery, he moved back to Arkansas, where he married a woman named Nellie. And uh, they got married and had 11 kids. And they lived on a farm for a long time. Uh, They were homesteaders. But then... In 1875, he was recruited by James F. Fagan of the U.S. Excuse me. James F. Fagan, the U.S. Marshal. James F. Fagan. James F. Fagan. Because of his knowledge of the Native American languages and his uh, knowledge of the Indian Territory. Was he going to be a lawman, a federal lawman in the Indian Territories? Yes. The Native American Territories, that is. Well, that's so well, cool. They were, they were called Indian Territories at the time. Oh, okay, okay. So I think, I think we it's can fine just, okay. to use it. Um, contemporary is not the word. Atiempo? No. Something. Something. The thing it was called at the time that the story takes place. Mm-hmm. Whatever the word for that is. I don't know that one. <laughs> I feel like there has to be a shorter phrase for that. So he ended up serving as a U.S. Deputy Marshal for 32 years in Arkansas, Texas, and Muskogee, the federal, a federal region that ended up being Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Um, and he retired in 1907 because Oklahoma became a state. And Oklahoma forbid black people to be law enforcement. Uh, a little after that, he he did actually get employed as a policeman, huh? a patrolman in okay. Oklahoma. So it was like hopefully so a, just transitional. A legendary lawman downgraded into a patrolman. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> so I'm sure there's more about him than just uh, that he worked and then retired. What are some of his legendary exploits? Oh, I'm getting there. Okay. My, my next section of my notes is called Fun Facts. Okay. <laughs> he had arrested 3,000 felons. What? <laughs> how, over, over how many years? 32 years. Okay. Let's do a, just some quick math mm-hmm. there. Uh, 3,000 felons, 32 years. Yeah. Uh, assuming, let's say, that's two felons a week. It's crazy. Yeah, damn. It's it's truly crazy. He was one of the most... Um... Sorry, my cat's doing something weird. Nope, now she's being a regular cat. Okay. Um... Before she was using a computer. <laughs> So, yeah, and he smoking was... a vape. <laughs> oh, Max, why did you give my cat a vape? I gave the cat a vape because she asked for one. Cats love to vape. You're an enabler. I, I like to think of myself as a good friend. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so he had 3,000 arrests. Mm. He killed 14 outlaws. Every single one in self-defense. What? Mm-hmm. How many? 14. 14. Over 32 years. That's not a bad record. In the wild, wild west. In self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he, throughout his career, he never was shot. Not once? Not once. Oh, wow. You know, there's um, another legendary lawman who was also never shot. That's um, Wyatt Earp was also never shot. Oh. Uh, Yeah. Wyatt Earp was in thousands of, well, hundreds of gunshots and was never shot even once. The closest they came, he was like being shot by like 10 dudes and his, and his coat got shot and he was fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for this, for Bass, Mm. his hat and his belt were shot off. (laughs) He was not shot. I bet he was just like, I need to go on a diet, I guess. My belt snapping off in this gunfight. It couldn't have been a bullet. No no one's ever gotten that close to shooting me. Could you imagine? That'd be so freaking scary. Yeah. To have your pants fall down in a gunfight and everyone sees your heart, your boxers with hearts all over them. And you're like, oh, no, my boxers. And you have to yank your pants back up and shoot from the hip because you're holding on to your belt while also shooting guns. <laughs> your your so. thumbs are through your pant loops. <laughs> the only reason there's like spins because your hands can't move. <laughs> I'm just imagining myself in this situation. And I'm pretty sure in this case, the only reason I wouldn't get actually shot is because once my pants fell down, I would immediately trip and lay flat on the floor. <laughs> and that's why I survived this shooting mm-hmm. and then you can start running uh, running in place on your on the floor and running a little circle shooting your guns up and just <laughs> shoot through everyone's feet around you <laughs> no it's a pretty good strategy jackie i admire that <laughs> and his hat of course i'm just picturing just it goes flying off into the wind wind blows it back down right back onto his head <laughs> <laughs> almost certainly that's almost certainly what happened why does it only do that when the people only people around to say it i have to kill <laughs> I can't get it to do that for love nor money. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so now I have a short anecdote because Noel's not here to tell it. Mm. Um, I'm here. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> uh, Jackie told me that if we ever got a puppy, she would teach it the command dance. And on dance, she would teach it to nip at my ankles. <laughs> So, said, so that you could say, make him dance. Yep. <laughs> make him dance. And then the puppy will snap at Noel's ankles until Noel dances. But the puppy will be so happy because it's a trick I trained mm-hmm. him for. Dogs love doing tricks, Jackie. Oh, yes. Uh, Wouldn't that be cute, though? It would be very cute. It would 
make, make uh, I mean, a living nightmare for Noel. And sometimes dogs do tricks without you telling them. Uh, my dog will, will often, when he gets really excited, he will try and shake, do shake for me. Like he'll, he'll go, he'll just wave his paw at me until oh. I shake it. You he's know, teaching you a trick. He's teaching me a trick, especially when I have a treat in my hand and he wants it. He's like, okay, just, I'll do, I'll do the shake. He likes the shake. I get um, treats when I shake. They like when I bite their heels. Yeah. <laughs> Make them dance. Make them dance. Oh. Um, so the other fun fact I already already revealed, but he was the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. So the points of connection to him being the inspiration for the Lone Ranger are kind of interesting. So all of the people that he um, arrested in in the West Territories would get shipped up to the jail in Detroit. And the Lone Ranger was a radio show in Detroit was where it originated okay so the that thought seems being shaky so far go on well i mean it's part of it okay, okay um the thought being that the guys who he arrested like spread his legend in detroit oh they were arre- in detroit there. and they tell the prison guards prison guards tell their families mm-hmm. yeah yeah go on so he had a few um notable cases including the arrest of his own son oh which is kind of sad Dude, so hard he arrested his own son. Yeah, so his son Benny mm-hmm. uh, murdered his wife. Uh, Benny murdered Benny's wife. Not, Benny murdered Benny's wife. Not yes. his dad's wife. Uh-huh. And the fact that there was a warrant for Benny kind of went around the uh, Marshall Station. Yeah, I don't know if that's what it's called, but I'm going to call it the Marshall Station. Um, and everyone was kind of like, I don't know how to like how do we act around this? We know it's his son, and Bass decided that he would do it himself. He demanded that he be the one to bring his son in. So he tracked down, tried and convicted his son. Well, he tracked him down and then got him tried. And, con- and convicted. And convicted. Mm-hmm. Damn. That must be hard. Yeah. That's yeah. That's really hard. a hard thing for a father to do for a son. Was the son executed or? Uh... Uh, no, he was jailed for a while and then he was eventually pardoned. Okay. I'm not sure what the difference between pardoning and commuting a sentence is. Uh, pardoning is done by somebody in power. Commuting a sentence is like, oh, a judge is like, oh, you served your time, good behavior. A pardon is just like, yeah, you're done. You're you're out of jail. I'm wiping the slate clean of this crime. It's removed from your record. Yeah. I would be extraordinarily pissed if I was Benny's wife and then he got pardoned for my murder. Mm-hmm. I too. would be extraordinarily angry. Be pretty bad. Yeah. 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 It's done usually in extenuating circumstances. Usually a wrongful conviction gets a pardon. I yeah. wonder why this one was pardoned. Probably because his father was... A... Yeah, either a wrongful conviction or the person has done uh, good enough work with their life that it outweighs the bad thing. Mm. But also often it's like a favor someone does. Yeah. I'm going to guess this was more of a favor. Yeah, i Since probably... his dad was such a yeah. well-known... Lawman. ...figure in the, of the law. Mm-hmm. Man mm-hmm. of the law. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he showed true remorse. That's another one. I don't yeah. know enough about the crime. No. Did... Benny's you know, wife deserve it? Probably not. No probably one really not. deserves, no one deserves to, die. to be murdered. Yeah. 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 Anyway, getting on to funner topics. Yes. <laughs> than if people deserve to be killed or not. He often went undercover or used disguises and came up with elaborate backstories. I'm just picturing him like putting on a fake mustache, polishing up a monocle, getting on a boulder hat, looking at it for a second, shaking his head, putting the boulder hat. Back in the crate, reaching inside, taking out a top hat, nodding, putting on the top hat. Yes. This um, is my character. (laughs) On another occasion, getting out a big feathery cape and a big old duck mask and posing (laughs) posing as a duck in a pond watching someone. 
or like Bugs Bunny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> dressing up as a sexy lady outlaw and seducing the. the... <laughs> so if someone were to arrest you, Max, yeah, what would be the perfect disguise for me? Yeah, to to confuse me. To confuse you, yeah. Uh, a specific person or a type of person? Oh, whatever you feel. Probably a type of person, because yeah. we're going to assume you can tell the difference between... between like, Kate and, Kate and someone dressed as Kate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to give you that much intelligence and perception. All right. All right. All right. Even if you don't feel up to it, we're going to charitably like give a, it to a you. a new person I'd be meeting and would just want to inherently trust. Yeah. Probably a dog. Hmm. But failing that, you know, failing that, that cartoony answer to somebody in a, a human-sized dog suit. <laughs> um, comic book seller. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, yeah someone okay. works in a comic book store. For yeah. me, I was going to say candy salesman. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, you were one of the kids who those white vans were aimed at. You know that. Yeah. The ones with free candy on the side? Yeah, the ones with free candy on the side. They're all looking at Jackie, and she's like, oh, boy. Only the chocolates, though. I don't I don't go for the sours or the yeah. overly sweet. So you would have gotten wonked. Yeah. Nobody in, nobody out. Ooh, so while Noel's not here, let's say how we would kidnap Noel in disguise. Mm, and uh, a kidnap arrest sure. for his true crimes. His true crimes. His true crimes. His, true, his real true crimes. Yep, the ones he's committed. Mm-hmm. I think I would pose as, like, a... A friend of his sister's, maybe? Like, a friend of his sister's and say that I was throwing her a surprise party mm-hmm. and then invite him. Right. But then he walks through the door and a cage drops down over him and he's trapped. Yep. I would pose as him, but from the future. Because he, he would have to trust himself. And I would say that he had gotten radical plastic surgery and been in a terrible accident. That's why he looked shorter and uh, a little different. But I'd say I'm, I'm him from the future. And I'd tell him something only that, that only he would know. Okay. Yeah. So, Noel and I recently talked about this sort of situation and he said that he has come up with a password for himself, for himself. <laughs> in the future in the future so he wouldn't tell me uh, the password no of course not so you need to get the password out, out of, of him, him. Yeah. otherwise he won't trust it i'll induce a dream state into him where he talks in his sleep where he talks to himself in the whole future password and i'll get it that way easy peasy no problem all right you're smart okay. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who hasn't thought of an elaborate time travel scenario wherein they change something in their past without driving their own timeline into paradox? That would be nice. Yeah, I've given it a lot of thought. I feel like all of mine would just go into paradox. <laughs> what? I feel like I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't be able to accomplish it. Well, the trick is you have to have it so that it has to be an event that you are affected by but uh, didn't experience directly, right? Okay. Or that you didn't like fully prove and then you need to find a way so that you and the past are still affected by it but maybe maybe you like save someone's life right Mm -hmm. and what you do is maybe you heard about it secondhand so you either convince the people there to report them as dead or you like fake their death but you rescue them and you bring them forward into the future back with you to the point after you left that way you still live your life as at from the point to the point where you travel back in time Mm -hmm. as though the person was still dead but they're not. They're alive. So the you in the present, have sa- you've saved that life and they're back in your life. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. There's like, you can't change your own like, oh, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. But there's some things that if you are careful with time travel, you can change without paradoxing yourself. Mm. So only if you're somewhat selfless in yeah. your time travel adventures. Yeah. Or, you know. If uh, you find like, oh, a lost art piece in the past and you go back and you steal it 
the day before it's stolen, but replace that with a fake or something. So the fake gets stolen. It also gets easier with time travel when you think about if you're already able to time travel, you have access probably to future technology or at the very least to a, a, a broad array of times where you can get the materials you need to do these things. This is all, of course, assuming that the butterfly effect doesn't, you know, change things out. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, this it's is your daydream. You can do <laughs> so that's why, that's why the saving somebody's life, you need to fake their death convincingly, which I assume if you travel to the future, you can probably just get store made clone corpses. Cause if time travel exists, everyone needs those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess there is no situation where I think only I would have access to time travel. Once, ta- once someone invents time travel, suddenly there's time travels everywhere. Time travelers everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. maybe you wouldn't question it when something is just truly bizarre. You'd just be like, oh, someone else messed this up. You know, that's what I do all the time. <laughs> that's why I've got the password. <laughs> uh, I've given it a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah. I, I could tell. <laughs> that one that quickly came off your tongue. Yeah. So I'll tell you about one of his uh, his very elaborate backstory ruses to capture Oh yes, please. This is this is where how we came to all of this in the first place. Yeah, I I think I only have one example. Apparently, he did it frequently, but I only found one example that was like mm-hmm. thrilling. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There were some other ones where it was like, oh, he just pretended to be a victim, kind of thing, and yeah. then got people. But this one, this oh, one was leg. elaborate. Oh, my leg and my big pouch of money. <laughs> my big old pouch of money and and no guns to shoot assailants. No, not a gun to be seen. <laughs> Not a pair of handcuffs either. Oh, no. No police around for miles and miles. Certainly not behind that bush over there. All right. So this is the situation. He's trying to arrest two notorious outlaws. He knows that they're hiding at a safe house. Mm. That is their mom's house. So him. He poses as their mom. (laughs) Oh, I wish. Oh, I wish. He misses out fires them. Oh, I wish that was the truth, but he and his posse, I guess, assistants or whatever, they set up camp 30 miles away from this house in an attempt to look like a bedraggled and pursued person. He dresses up in a, in a, like a weather-worn outfit with a bullet hole through his hat. He he had that hat already. He had it already. Maybe that was the one that got blown off his head and he kept it for costume purposes. <laughs> I love that image so much. I just got a new hat. No, I might need this one for later. This will come back in handy. You wait. This is a real Chekhov's gun. <laughs> so he walks the 30 miles between the camp and the house for authenticity's sake. And he arrives at the house. Only the mom is home. And he basically just gives her this sob story about how he himself is an outlaw and he's been being pursued by the police. And he just needs some food. He's hungry. He's been on the run for a while. So she takes him in. They have food. They bond. She like He tells her about all of his thieving exploits. And she's like, well, you should meet my sons because they're, <laughs> they're outlaws. They're outlaws I bet you'd too. have a lot in common. <laughs> mm-hmm. So her sons come home at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And they all spend the evening together just talking, playing cards, you know. Whatever you do at that time. Oh, I love this. I I love this so much because that's also like what my mom would do if I were like for the things I'm interested in. My mom would be like, oh, you should meet this 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 man. He's also into improv and history. Oh, you'd be friends. Mm -hmm. But just for crime. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what happened. Um, So they're they're just hanging out. They're Uh hanging out. They 
they like him. They decide they're going to all work together and mm -hmm. be, be, you know, outlaw buddies. Um, so they all go to sleep. Uh, Reeves gets to share the room with them in their sleep. Mm -hmm. They all cuddle up in a big pile. They all, yep, they all cuddle up in a big pile. And then, you know, the sun has set. Um, it's the middle of the night. And Bass gets up, handcuffs the brothers while they're asleep, and then marches them out. <laughs> He arrested them at night while they were asleep. Honestly, a, a risky plan, but yeah, he did it without hurting them at all. Like, no. yeah, yeah, he didn't hurt people. He only hurt people in, or he only killed people in yeah. self-defense. I don't know if wow. he probably did hurt people without that's, killing them. Yeah, but no, that's the Lone Ranger does. The Lone Ranger doesn't kill people. He shoots guns out of people's hands with his silver bullets. Oh, so that's probably also why. Did he also shoot guns out of people's hands? Uh, I, I don't know, but he didn't kill people when he oh, yeah. didn't have to. Yeah. Um, and I assume some people did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then he walked these two handcuffed brothers back from the house to the encampment where the rest of his crew was. Um, all the while, their mom is following, just berating and cursing at him <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I thought you were a nice boy, a nice criminal boy who my boys could be friends mm -hmm. with. I thought but we had a new no. play group, but nope. <laughs> we were going to play Canasta. Canasta, that's a sacred bond. <laughs> we finally had enough people to play spades together. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was his most fun uh, costumed exploit. And generally, he just had like a really great reputation. He was considered impossible to pay off or shake off. What a cool dude. Yeah. That's I love it. him. That's, that's it. great. He's pretty cool. I feel like we already done our hypo hypothetical with the costumes and stuff such. Oh. I saw the opportunity when it was happening. It's a you did you did you did done good. Thank you. Let's us take our our mid roll break then. Guess what? We're in the break now. Isn't that fun? Isn't that wild? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, you can talk during the break. I said yes. <laughs> it was a very small whisper, mm -hmm. but I did say yes. No, good, good, good. So, mm -hmm. hi. Hey there. Hi listener. This is our fun little little mid mid episode break. So so I would talk in the break, but I'm not sure what the point of the break speech is. Uh, the point is. of the break is to talk about the Make Fun Network oh. and about our our, uh, our our social media and uh, to solicit reviews okay. and to read out any reviews we've got. We are part of the Make Fun Network, as you've heard before. Uh, the Make Fun Network is a network of fun silly shows including uh this rules this sucks which is a review show without nuance i believe jackie and nolan are gonna guest star on that fairly soon maybe eventually maybe eventually and of course um top five of death where people bring in top five lists and die i won my top five list uh last time i was on uh which i'm still very proud of it was a good episode thank i you. listened to it thank you i did a lot of mini anachronismo yep. bits basically <laughs> yeah a little digest so if you like our show why not drop us uh, a rating on itunes or podbean or stitcher or if you like, you can just tell us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Anac Podcast. That's A-N-A-C Podcast. And, of course, we always love to hear from you via Gmail. If you want to send in a, a story that you are that you like or ask us to cover something or uh, even, hey, tell us. I know we have a disclaimer. Don't email us but about historical inaccuracies. That's a lie. You can email us. We like hearing from you. Yeah. at. Uh, just uh, don't be mad. No, don't be mad. It's anachronismo at gmail.com. <laughs> hey, come on down. Yeah. I would love to get requests. Yeah. That'd be great. I've got ooh, I've got one about the Moonrakers of Avalon, which I'm quite ex excited about. I don't. Mm. I need to see if it's got enough legs to read, though. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Um, and of course, my my one for next episode about nuking the moon. Oh, I'm so excited! I know that came up while we were uh, writing for uh, True Tales of the Illuminati for season two. Uh, and, tr- and True Tales of the Illuminati is one of my other projects. Um, it's a radio play series uh, about the Illuminati and the the conspiracies they fuck up. And uh, in season two, they fuck up faking the moon landing so badly they have to actually land on the moon. <laughs> and uh, this came up in our in our writer's room is this story about nuking the moon. Anyway, <laughs> then uh, let's get back to the show. Here we go. Back to the show. Hooray. Oh, we're back. So um, my story is about Catherine Ferrers, also known as the Wicked Lady. Catherine. The Wicked Witch of the Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> the Wicked Highway Woman of the... Central Central England. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Catherine was a, an English gentlewoman and heiress. And according to popular legend, she was also highway woman who terrorized the English county of Hertfordshire. Now, it is a legend. It's not confirmed. But, you know, if you that look at it, us it's convincing. It's convincing and it's fun. And, ever, and the thing is, it's widely enough believed about her that, you know, it's part of her history. And the, and the, the reasoning for why is, is in here. So I'm going to launch in. So Catherine Ferrers was born in 1634 in Hertfordshire to Knighton Ferrers and his wife, the former Catherine Walters, as heiress to quite a large fortune. The Ferrers family were fervent Protestants, which made them favorites of both Henry VII and Edward VI. And Edward VI granted them... Uh, extensive properties in Hertfordshire, uh, including Bayford, Pondsburg, and Agnells, a family mentioned at Flamstead, and the manor house of Mary Kate Cell at Mary Kate, which, oh, Mark Yates Cell. <laughs> I've been <laughs> reading that wrong this whole time. I've been reading it as Mary Kate, like Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah, no. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. No, Were they named it. after that? Was she <laughs> named after that? Yes, Mary Kate was named after Mark Yates Cell. <laughs> Catherine's father, Knighton Ferrers, died in 1640, and her grandfather, Sir George Ferrers, who was the rightful owner died soon after. Mm-hmm. Catherine's brother, who was at that point the heir to the family fortunes, had died young. And so the courts in 1640 appointed her as the sole heir to her grandfather's estates. Nice. Yeah. Uh, now, so got to yeah. share with any other grandkids. Yeah, but she couldn't access the fortune yet. Of course. So her widowed mother married the serf Simon Fanshaw later that same year. So Wait, she married a serf? No. Sir Simon Fanshaw. Oh. The, oh <laughs> I heard the Surf. The Surf. Yeah, I see. Surf Simon. Her mom married Sir Simon Fanshaw later Sir that same Simon. year. Sir Simon. Okay. Sir Simon in order to, you know. Wow. She she fell far. Mm-hmm. She married a serf. There mm-hmm. weren't even serfs at that time in England. Mm-hmm. So her mother was also an heiress and they were living off of that. But she had hoped that, I think, worked together with her husband to parlay that money into more money and mm-hmm. live comfortably. But this did not happen. And this did not happen for several reasons, uh, one of which being that Sir Simon was kind of a shitty dude and was kind of just living off of her money. And the latter being that the Fanshawe family were royalists during the British Civil War. And Simon and his wife and stepdaughter joined King Charles I in Oxford, uh, the, the wartime capital, and fought in the British Civil War. It used up a lot of money. And then her mother died, leaving Sir Simon with her money. Uh, and eight-year-old Catherine in in his care, 
And as he kept fighting, including at the Battle of Marston Moor in 1644, and when he became a prisoner of war two years after that, uh, Catherine was made a ward of the court by uh, his brother, Richard, and his wife, Anne, and sent to live with Simon's sister, Alice, at Hamerton in Huntingdonshire. So... How is this relevant, you ask? Yes. This is because in 1643, I don't even know this, but the royalists, they did not win. So in 1643, the sequestration committee placed the estates of known royalists in the hands of local commissioners, mm. and their rent and other incomes were kept by parliament. Unlike parliament, because parliament can levy taxes and things like that across the entire country, the royalists party, and also, you know, generally had their own income and things, mm -hmm. but the royalist party was dependent on voluntary contributions, involuntary fines, and any means of raising funding, as, such as looting. And as the Fanshaws <laughs> <laughs> had contributed heavily. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that. I hope that was like something they brought up at their meetings. where They were like, the, the meetings of the Royalist commences. We have got a hundred shillings from involuntary fines. 100 shillings from donations, and 600 shillings from looting. Ah, yes, the looting is once again quite fine. That's yes. quite fine. Yes, yes. I think we should raise our looting goals for the year. Yes, yes. yes. Send out some more looting paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> you mean soldiers? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, since the Fanshaws had contributed heavily to the royalist cause, they now had... Very little in the way of asses. Most have been seized. The, Sorry, the, little, very little in the way of asses? Assets. I heard asses. Well, they uh, they did lose their asses yeah. in the war. Yeah. Got them cut right off with swords. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> in order to remain solvent, the family arranged for Catherine, heir to the Ferrer's estate, to marry Thomas Fanshawe, her stepfather's nephew, in order to gain access to her riches. So in 1648, when she was about 14 years old, she was married to a 16-year-old husband who took control of her fortune mm -hmm. and pretty much immediately spent most of it. Seeing uh, a pattern among these fansworths. Mm -hmm. Real real shitty people. They sold off her most of her lands, including the manor house, a lot of their holdings, and sent her to live at Mark Yate Cell. Mary uh, Kate's cell. Yes, Mary Kate's cell. Which, you know, quick background, Marquette was part of a Benedictine priory, which had been founded in 1145, and then rebuilt at personal expense in the 1500s into a manor house, became Marquette Manor, and was this whole, like, you know, had this interesting history. But it had, like, a whole weird winding and, like, confusing design and some old stuff left over from previous versions of the house, Ooh, including... Sounds creepy. Including a secret passageway out. This yes. will become relevant later. Yes. So they sent her to Mark Yates' cell uh, and left her there, pretty much, while her fortunes dwindled and dwindled. Uh, so she was left, basically left there alone with a few servants, not much else. But so, plenty of time to explore the cell. Yes. According to most others, when uh, as a teenager, she turned into a bit of a recluse. But according to legends, it was this time that she met one Ralph Chaplin, a farmer who lived near Mark Yates. What a confusing last name for a farmer. Yes. <laughs> yes, farmer Ralph Chaplin. Yeah. And she lived in an old monastery, which needed a chaplain. chaplain. Or she needed a chaplain. Mm. Gross. Yes. So while his job by day may have been farmer, by night... Chaplin was a highwayman. He was a highwayman. 
And this was like the day, the age, like the great age of highwaymen. There was like Dick Turpin. Uh, I had no idea that highwaymen were a thing not in the United States. Oh yeah, they they were a big British thing. A lot of them were um gent- were the gentry fallen on hard times. I mean, it makes sense. They've got all these ornamental swords. Yeah. So that's why and they all had these the whole... silk bags and nothing to put in them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why also like highwaymen had the whole stand and deliver thing. Uh, what as, is a stand and deliver thing? Well, they, thing? they swing down. They say stand and deliver your money or your life instead of just killing people and taking it anyway. Because they were, you know, ostensibly still gentlemen. So they would offer people a chance to, you know, live instead of dying. Oh. Yeah. What does it have to do with the movie stand and deliver? I have no idea. Okay. I, it, that's the only time. probably named after this famous phrase. That's I've never almost certainly. I didn't realize it was a phrase. Yeah. Okay. But there were there were um Man, I know nothing about the Wild Wild Center. <laughs> Central Central. <laughs> no, wild? there was um yeah, there was Dick Turpin, Claude Duval, Tom Dick and Harry Dunzen, which is where the phrase any Tom Dick and Harry uh, That's a, comes from. That came from something? That came from three famous high women. What what is this world I had no idea about? <laughs> right? <laughs> that seems to have inspired phrases. Yeah. That I know. Tom Clinch. That's which is where clinch it comes from. Yep. I have a look of utter bafflement right now. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't translate on the radio. Yeah, and they were uh, like lionized by the press in many in many ways as well. Okay. Well, you know, because lionized you know, was, good or bad. Lionized is good. Okay. Yeah, lions are good. People like being lionized. Are they? Yeah. Lions they're made, they were made up like to be heroes, or at the very least, interesting figures. Lions maim. Uh, they're dangerous. They, so not wrong. Not okay. wrong, Jack. But they are majestic. Yes. And admired. So okay. it's kind All of right. yeah, it's accurate, isn't it? It is. It is, it is accurate. It is. I think about it yeah. a little. There was it was a whole age of highwaymen, and they were much discussed in papers. There were popular ballads about them. There were stories or satires about highwaymen. They were all over the place. They were big. They're like cowboys, except they were currently going on when they were being so talked about, right? <laughs> and a lot of them. There were a lot more of them right after the British Civil War. Mm. So okay, uh, it's interesting, right? Yeah. So. Chaplin, though, was a highwayman who was not a, a gentleman. He was a farmer. And it is believed... Please tell me he had to pretend to be a gentleman <laughs> in order to be taken seriously as a highwayman. <laughs> <laughs> had to hide his rough country accent, mm-hmm. put on airs. Time to put on my brocade hat with the bullet hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to steal so from so many carriages to afford this hat. Before that, I was just a robber. No, no. Gosh, Come and bandit. But they, it's believed that Lady Catherine was influenced by him, and she, he taught her the ways of the highway person. Mm. Um, some people think, oh, that she, you know, he, he he blackmailed her or threatened her. Some people are like, oh, she was a young, bored woman who yeah. who she, got addicted to the thrill of it. She probably just wanted to get out of the priory. Yeah. Was that what it was called? Prior? It was uh, Mark Yates' cell. Mark it, Yates it was cell. built on a prior. Oh, okay. So, and some were like, oh, well, you know, she's poor. Her assets have been sold off. She needs to go robbing just to keep, keep making meat, you know? <laughs> But whatever the reason, according to legend, Catherine Ferris became a highwaywoman and was, in fact, quite a bit more notorious and brutal than many of her male peers. Mm. Ralph Chaplin, however, was shortly thereafter caught committing a robbery and executed on the spot at Finchley Common. So whatever connection she had with him, uh, her legend continued after his death. Mm -hmm. So if if he was threatening her, it was as a ghost. (laughs) His memory. Mm. So stories abound of her dressing in Hyreman's garb, including a three-cornered hat, a black mask, a black riding coat and scarf, and oh, breeches. Costumes here too, and riding a black horse with white flashes on his forelegs. So hella styling. Yeah, that sounds. 
Great. And according to legend, she would change at dusk into her highwayman's clothes in a secret room in her house, access through a concealed staircase before riding off to rob and murder. And she didn't give people a stand and deliver. Instead, she ruthlessly attacked coachmen and passengers alike, killing, robbing, setting fires, shooting cattle in the field, and, and uh, why you and, don't need to shoot and, a cow? And going to a policeman's house and shooting him on his doorstep. Okay, you probably didn't need to do that either. Mm. It was a reign of terror. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking this was going to be like a fun, like Jack Sparrow kind of situation where someone's kooky and fun for the sake of it. No, she was a real murderer. Yeah. There's actually, I've got a quote here from somebody who was robbed by her, which, uh, well, it's a report in the newspaper. Was this his last dying words? No, 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 no. It, uh, no. How would someone hear them? <laughs> someone hit underneath oh, the I coach. See, I see. No. And this is from a paper. <clears throat> there was a hot mic. A butcher was robbed in a very gallant manner by a woman well-mounted on a side saddle near Rumford in Essex. She presented a pistol to him and demanded his money. He, being amazed at her behavior, told her he did not know what she meant. <laughs> when a gentleman coming up told him he was a brute to deny the lady's request, and if he did not gratify her <laughs> desire immediately, he would shoot him through the head. So he gave her his watch and six guineas. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably during the chaplain times. What a weird way to mug someone. I love the gentleman being like, you are a brute to deny <laughs> this woman your things. <laughs> she asked mm-hmm. forcefully. Mm-hmm. So... Many of her crimes were attributed to a reign of terror by a band of outlaws. But they did stop mysteriously when she died. And she died young and mysteriously. She died. She got stuck in that passageway and no one knew where it was. (laughs) So she died in her early 20s without any rumor of sickness, without any um, anything else. Completely random and was buried at night in secret. Very suspiciously. Super suspicious. Around the same time that a local highwayman was shot during a robbery and vanished. Hmm. Mm. What people speculate was he buried and she just ran off somewhere. People speculate that they were un- that they were just only related by time and space, but they weren't the same person. <laughs> but what the speculation uh, is like that is her legend is that she was a highwayman and she was shot. She snuck back in dying through the secret passageway in the house. And her servants found her, like, as she died on the floor, got her out of the highway in clothes, dressed her up like a lady, and buried her in secret to avoid people realizing she'd been shot. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some theories that, like, oh, she was she actually died in childbirth or something. But her husband hadn't visited her recently enough for her to be pregnant. <laughs> uh, and certainly not. Max, there, there are other ways. That's fair. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Oops. <laughs> I feel like I really threw you off. You really your threw me rhythm. off my, my rhythm here. <laughs> I guess so. So people, you know, people say that like, oh, she never met uh, the Richard Chaplin. Oh, she never did this, didn't that. But like, just there's a lot of things that don't quite add up if she mm-hmm. wasn't hadn't died this way. There are other ways for her to die. She could have just slipped down the stairs or something. But then why bury her in secret? Mm-hmm. Why any of this? And what else lends credence to it? So the the house burned down in a fire. And then was rebuilt in 1908. And a secret chamber was discovered by workmen behind a false wall next to a chimney stack leading to the outside. Hmm. Hmm. So, it's, uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, you could say, oh, maybe there's, there's you know, there's no, like, written evidence for, for doing this. There's not a lot of thing behind it. But it kind of adds up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She must have been at least doing something interesting if this many rumors started swirling around her. Or, you know, it could just be she was a woman living by herself and 
bad rumors started up because she's a woman living by herself kind mm. of a thing. You know, whether it's society or post hoc you know, reasoning, there's not a lot of hard evidence around it. There isn't a lot of evidence, written evidence of her time at Markgate, if indeed she was ever there. there you Wait, know, they don't know if she was even there? There's some some evidence of her being sent there, but then mm-hmm. her actually being there, she's not in like the county registers or anything. Oh, because, you know, but that might be because she was a recluse, or it might be because she was posing as a highway woman, mm-hmm. or it might be that she had been gone somewhere else, you know, that kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah. I see. So there's not because usually when the, one of the ways you trace back, you know, who was in this place, especially in England, is you just go to the churches and they have registers of everyone who lived there and went to church going back thousands of years. Weird. Right. Well, more like hundreds of years, not thousands. But, you know. but yeah. Right. That's like one of the ways that historians do research on like who like where someone moved from place to place was is literally like going to a church and being like, hey, is this person in your hundreds of years old book? <laughs> so. Uh, with Catherine's death, the Ferrer's line died out, and in the following year, Thomas Fanshawe, who had been made a Knight of Bath by Charles II after the you know after the whole kingship was reinstated, blah blah blah, disposed of the bulk of the Ferrer's family property that had originally been granted to Catherine's ancestors by Edward VI. Thomas did not marry again until 1665, where he only had four children by his second wife. Blah blah blah. Who cares? He sucks. Fuck that guy. <laughs> But yeah, basically, <laughs> she died out, her family line died out, and, uh, you know, this legend grew about her. Despite some doubts about the, the truth of this legend, it's survived a long time, and there have been several novels and even movies based on her, including The Wicked Lady, from uh, which starred Margaret Lockwood, made in 1945. So, you know, if you want to watch a fun movie about that, yeah, it's I do. there, it's out there. I do, this sounds yeah. fun. She's also in, like, a lot of historical fiction. So, Jaggy, yes. if you were a highway woman, if. what crimes would you commit? If I were. Um. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, you're not. Of course not. No. 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 I've never even seen a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly wouldn't name him Gumdrops. Yeah. He wouldn't, wouldn't nuzzle because he's friendly. He doesn't have a <laughs> fondness for apples. Uh, well, I'd probably do some robbing. Some uh, light robbing. I am conflict-averse. So I would probably do some property robbing from places after they've closed or mm. when no one will be there. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. So breaking and entering. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sort of thing. Some Direct light conflict arson. is not for me. I I think I could definitely see myself doing some arson. Yeah, you seem like an arsonist. Yeah. I, and I say be... that I say that with only admiration. <laughs> no, I'd be such a lame arsonist though cuz I would probably like douse the surrounding places in water so that the arson would only be concentrated where i wanted it to be a controlled arson controlled yeah. arson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's very that's very considerate of you and also makes it way more likely you'll be caught yes yeah yeah <laughs> it's not good no it's not, not a great <laughs> uh the cat is knocking <laughs> her microphone back and forth <laughs> with its tail with her tail oh oh maybe i'd um this cat wants some attention. She really does. This cat wants to podcast. Podcat. Podcat. Pod cat. <laughs> She's a podcasting cat. Picking up that purr. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of shooting cattle, perhaps I would gather the cattle dogs. And then I'd have my own little pack. You know, a little pack of cattle dogs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you teach him to make Noel dance. Mm-hmm. And he put it his heels all at once. And he would uh, be just dancing from dawn to dusk. Yeah, he like, would be the entertainment for my... Um, for your, Robin Crew. Mm, mm-hmm. For your posse. Yeah. Anti-posse? 
what's this? I guess it's a crew of highway th- highway thieves. Oh, it's a it's a plate of cheese and meats you have before pasta. Oh, or no, no, that's, that's not that's what an, the that's pasta an anti-posse. Means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it, Jackie. <laughs> uh, we would do that though. We would eat cheese and meats on a plate. I mean, that's what we would do if we did. If you did, but you're thing. not. But you're not, not highway people. But we're not. I haven't even seen a horse. <laughs> mm. All right. What so, about you? Wh- what? What about you? What about me? What's your Robin style? Are you a stand and a deliver? Are mm. you a, you better treat me like a lady and hand me your purse? I, I suppose there's some other things on the spectrum as well. Sure, Please sure, hand sure. that over. Trickery, mm. brute force, mm-hmm. um, murdering one of them so the rest feel obligated. I think what I would do. Is Magic I would tricks. I would do the highwayman long con. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would swing up to them, land on the roof of the carriage, change into a convincing disguise, slip in the back of the carriage, pretend like I'd always been there, mm-hmm. gain their confidence and trust. Then once they all settle down for the night, handcuff them together and steal all of their things and ride off into the night. <laughs> That's bold. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very bold. It is bold. The trick is you got to get the really big carriages where people don't know each other. I don't know if that exists. I'm sure it must have. <laughs> I mean, there's probably like the, the Greyhound bus yeah. version of a carriage. Yeah. Well, if not, then I'll have to do extensive work, like footwork, to like learn who's coming in the carriage mm-hmm. and then just replace one of them. <gasps> you should. Oh, my gosh. I came up with a new plan. In this scenario, I am an heiress. I host a grand ball. Okay. And I invite all the other heiresses and heirs in the neighborhood, in the countryside. I come in. I'm in disguise. I say everyone, hey, we should all go out for a, out for a ride on the highway. I set, a, I set a big net over the highway. <laughs> I have everyone like, oh, I'm fine. You ride on ahead of me. The net falls on everyone but me. Everyone's caught in a net. I come around and I say, ooh, I can help you, but you've got to get rid of all your gold and jewels first. They're getting caught they on the net. The net. <laughs> <laughs> then everyone gives me their gold and jewels. I t- I've got all their horses tied up nearby. I'm like, oh, I got your horses. Great. Just give me your golden jewels. Right? Mm-hmm. They give me the golden jewels. Then when they're going for their horses, I start riding with their horses tied to my horse. We all ride off. They're all left there. I have a bunch of horses. <laughs> I have a bunch of gold. I have a bunch of jewels. Heiresses left in the dust. They're all being like, who was that mysterious man? <laughs> when will this net get off of us? <laughs> Never. Oh. <laughs> they go back to the ball. They're all in a net. They, f- they start a new fashion craze oh my god yes like in a child's birthday party when you all play with the parachute except they're all stuck in the net exactly Mm. pretty soon it's called the max net i've started a fashion craze it's named after me i become a folk hero i'm remembered for generations and i'm rich and successful all right so this was my party to begin with so i had better be getting a cut (laughs) oh don't worry jackie you're getting your cut wink it sounded like you were planning to kill her there max (laughs) he was yeah. He uh, he jumped in on my story of how I was going to rob the people that I invited to my party. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were setting me up for that. I was not. How are you going to set? How are you going to rob this party? It was a lot simpler than that. I okay. was just going to invite a lot of people to my home for a party, mm-hmm. and then set up blockades on the road and rob them all on their way to the party. And then they finally arrive, and I've changed out of my robber costume. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what to took you all so ball long? Gown. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, friends, family. What took you so long? You sweep down the staircase, dripping with gold and jewels that look mm-hmm. suspiciously familiar. I do. But, you know, it's out of context, so they're not sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that kind of looks like my great-great-great-great-grandmother's brooch, but it couldn't be. It couldn't be. Anyone could have a brooch like that. Yeah. They're so popular. Yeah. Maybe her grandmother looks exactly the same. 
and says she appears in that cameo on that brooch. Yeah, maybe we have the same great-great-great-great-grandmother. Maybe we're related. We're all nobles. Yeah, there are two brooches made with the same face. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so mine was much more simpler. Yeah. Uh, just a simple blockade. But you didn't start a new fashion craze, Jackie. I did not. Yeah. I did not. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to work on the folk hero aspect. It's pretty important. Yeah. Got to think of the legacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of legacies, I think it's time for uh, everyone's most segment. Everyone's what most missed? segment. <laughs> the one we've done the most. Just like most blank, fill in the emotional word of how you feel about it. <laughs> most hated, most loved, most, most begrudged, <laughs> most envious. What if they met? What if they met a highway man and a highway woman and a law man? What if they met? They never met, but if they met, things would have happened. They're not alive at the same time, but if they were, they might have met. Or if they were in the same place, but no, they weren't. But what if they were? They might have met. This could have happened. What if they met? What if they met? Oh, listeners, I I made Max listen to the song "The Highwayman" by the supergroup, The Highwaymen. Oh my God! What? <laughs> I didn't know it was by the by a group named The Highwaymen. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst um, thing I've ever fucking heard. And Max literally got up to use the bathroom while the song was playing. It was disappointing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you cared that I if I liked it or not. I thought you wanted to listen to it for you. Well, that too, but I wanted oh, you to like it. I'm sorry. I feel like a richer. No, it's, it's fine. The walls are thin. I'm sure you could hear it still. I could hear it super clearly over my peeing. <laughs> what if Bass Reeves? Which is a very cool name. It's a great name. I tried to figure out if it was Bass or Bass, um, and YouTube was inconclusive. It sounds like YouTube. What if Bass Reeves met Catherine Ferrers? He'd arrest her in a heartbeat. But they're both in disguise. Ooh. Ooh. She's in disguise at him. He's in disguise at her. <laughs> they meet. She arrests him. He is like, I got to go along with this so I can find Catherine yeah. in, the, in the jail. She brings him to what looks to be a jail. It's actually just a, a cell inside a monastery. <laughs> she leaves him there as herself, comes back, dressed as herself, says, I know you're not me. But you've got style. Want to join my thieving group? What does he does he join? Does he keep the ruse up? I think he keeps up the ruse for I think how long? Th- long enough to fall in love with the highwayman's life. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's great. Falls in love with the highwayman's life. He's in too deep. When he reveals himself, she says, "I knew all along," or did she? Maybe she's just covering. She. I think she might cover. Yeah, I think she might cover. Yeah. I think she might might not let it not let on. Yeah. He arrests her. He knows she's no. lying. He's insulted. <laughs> he brings her in, puts her in jail, takes back to the road, still keeping up the highwayman's life. He takes on her legend as the wicked lady, and he gets in good with the other highway people and arrests them, posing as her, because no one knows she's in jail, because he's keeping up the double life. I like this idea very much, but I find it difficult that a black American man mm-hmm. can disguise himself as a white heiress why because they looked and sound different okay what happens in your version i don't know 
I don't know. I love your version, but I maybe I it's don't an ultra convincing rubber mask. That could work. Maybe it's just too dark to see. Maybe he starts wearing a full face mask. What was her weapon of choice? Gun. Did she gun 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 gun? Yeah, she shot a lot of people. I think that she would comically. I don't know because I want her to be very goofy, but it seems like she was very ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into the goof because okay. why not? Yeah, goofless. she's gonna uh comically shoot him until various bits of his clothes fall off and he's just left in his in his boxers and his suspenders mm-hmm. somehow got the pants off but the suspenders you know. <laughs> suspenders are hooked up to the boxers is yeah. why yeah. Yeah, yeah just that and then she shoots his hat and it spins in a circle on his head like a like a weather vane mm-hmm. um and then he's so impressed with her sharp shooting because I, I forgot to mention this, but he he was a good shooter. A yeah, shot a good shot, good and he sh- won a good shootman. He was a real good shootman, mm-hmm. a gunman, a shooter man. Yeah, uh, he won a lot of contests. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's impressed with her marksmanship. There we there go. There it is. That's that's the word that I meant to say. <laughs> her shootability. Shootability. Yeah. Very impressed with her shootability, and he slowly convinces her to use her bad powers for for good. How? By also becoming a lawman. Oh, but that presumes that the law is good. I don't know. Mm, oh my god, I don't know. Is it a tool? Uh, is, right. is it just a it's tool tough. by whoever happens to have well, power? How, or is it actually good? How does he Probably convince her? Because sounds power. sounds to me like he doesn't have a lot of bargaining position at this point. I think he just flatters her. Oh, just I mean, her. honestly, she's been pretty badly used by men her whole life, except yeah. for Chaplin. Yeah, that's true. So maybe, that's maybe, true. yeah, maybe she just needs just some, some human warmth, some flattery, some admiration, yeah. some not trying to steal her money. Yeah. I mean, maybe she sees through it, though, because she has been dealt with so poorly. Mm. She can snuff out a secondary agenda. I don't know. Yeah. It's almost like we can't know for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but what if? What if? Let's assume he flatters her, and it's, like, sincere, and he mm-hmm. like it's, like, something she's actually proud of. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, maybe you can show me. And she's like, I, I'm too quick for that. I know you're going to take my gun and try and shoot me. He's like, all right. You got me there, mm-hmm. but I am impressed. She, so she she likes the compliment, so she lets him go, and he comes back without his gun, and he walks into where he knows she'll be, and he'll be like, and, he's, and he he says something. What does he say? That, he says, "Or I have a way that you can make an honest living, mm-hmm. but still have the excitement, adrenaline rush, and access to guns that you crave. That you crave, but yeah. you'll get a steady paycheck, and you don't have to hide your life." And she says, All right. "Go on." <laughs> Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I'm on board now. I, th- I think he offers her a life where she can use the skills that she's amassed, mm. still get the thrill, probably still terrorize people if she feels mm. like it. But she says, but, but you got to do one paycheck. last job with me first. <gasps> yes. You got to take down my husband. Because mm-hmm. I'll never be free as long as he's out there. <laughs> so they dress up like royalists. Yeah. They go to a ball. He, they're, they're both wearing big wigs. Mm-hmm. Big wigs. Big old fancy fluffy powdery wigs. She's in an elegant ball gown. He's wearing a vest and holding a sword cane. Yep. They pull a, a con on her husband. But first they do an elaborate dance number that everyone's like, ooh, who are they? Who are these fancy ooh. new couples? Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Get the attention of everyone so they all want to know who they are. Yep. They pull a long con on her husband. They get him to confess to a crime that he committed mm-hmm. or to agree to do a crime. Then... Whip off their disguises. Wait, but he's not a criminal. He just used her money. Disguises back on. <laughs> they get him to sign some papers that he thinks he thinks are the the founding papers for a new corporation to make him rich. But really, they're divorce papers, and more so, oh, yes. 
divestment of fortunes papers to her. Mm. He is penniless. She is rich. They leave, pull off their disguises, laugh in his face. He's mocked by everyone at the ball forever. He dies penniless and dissolute in a gutter. Yeah, that's how it would go, I think. Yeah. I think I like the last one we settled on. They use the money to set up a new crime-fighting league. A league of extraordinary... Highway, highway men. men. And women. And women. Highway persons. <laughs> and they go and they use anti-crime to fight crime. Yeah. 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 I, like, I like that. I think I that's it. That I think that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show. I don't think we've ever had to agree to a future before. I think that thing's an interesting turn for us. Yeah. You know, I think there's enough legs there for us to find something. A lot of our What If They Mets have just been like, what's the goofiest thing we can do? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of actually exploring the real possibilities. Mm, except for the one about the um, separatist churches. Oh, yeah, you're right. We, we had some yeah, semi-serious Some serious What If They Met on that. That was a fun one. So, on our next episode, Amancio Lopes will be joining us. And we're very excited about him and the story he's bringing in. You might remember him from On Shay's Rebellion and uh, the various terrors thereof. And he's coming back. We're, we're real excited to have him, especially now that we have good audio. Mm-hmm. Mm, look at that silky smooth sound. Smooth? Smooth. Mm-hmm. Smooth mouth sounds. Smooth mouth sounds. <laughs> uh, I hate it. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Max. I'm Jackie. And I'm Noel. <laughs> And this has been Anachronismo. I live on in all of you. Look to the setting sun, and there I am. Brought to you by Make Fun Network.